aspect of the direction that we're going. And we're certainly welcome to any comments that people have, and we're actually looking for ideas uh, in terms of the direction that we uh, may want to go. Um, so, okay, well, one of the things that, uh, uh, on reading the literature on populism, uh, there are a number of things that stand out uh, on that literature, and I imagine that um, people who are in this field will have many differing opinions about uh, the nature of, of what we know and what we don't know, and even more basic, basic questions about uh, how to define or, or what constitutes populism, and, and even far more difficult, how to measure it and to know to what extent it's happening uh, when, we, when we say that it's happening and things of that nature. So as a concept, it generally applies something like mobilized support for a political, cultural, or economic preferences of the populace as opposed to those of the elite. And so usually when we, when we hear about populism, we're, we're hearing about political events in which uh, a population uh, is actually uh, standing up against an elite somehow defined. In other words, that elite may be constituted in many different ways. It may not necessarily be social class. It may be uh, other issue, uh, things that set a particular group of people apart, uh, but who occupy elite status in society. Um, so it could be any social group or community whose identity or interest differs from the widely idealized image of a typical country person or a typical citizen. So the first uh, issue that, uh, in a sense, uh, is part of our concern is how to actually define the object that we're going to study or that we hope to study, uh, particularly when you look at the different ways that people have actually used the term. Uh, nonetheless, uh, the term populism is not always used in everyday discourse, nor even scientifically, as a well-articulated doctrine or a coherent group attitude with a number of detectable rigid principles. So, um, you know, there are a lot of different kind of aspects to populism which people often uh, use to describe it, but may not necessarily uh, be relevant for understanding the whole process of what is uh, argued to be populism in general discourse, and in particular political discourse. So that's our first question. Uh, so we begin to develop uh, what we think uh, is perhaps, hopefully, a more precise way of getting at the issue of populism, of defining it, of measuring it, and of knowing what some of the dimensions of it might be, and then uh, working towards a more sociological approach to the study of populism as opposed to, say, the political science or uh, international relations approach to the study, uh, to be able to explain the emergence of particularly right-wing populist movement and we are concentrating our attention at the moment uh, on right-wing populist movements uh, in the post-globalist world. So in so doing, we bring the study of populism, we hope, into the core of sociology uh, more than it has thus far uh, occupied and add to the already existing knowledge from the political science and international relations perspective, uh, which is such a large proportion of the uh, literature on populism actually comes from, from those, uh, those traditions. So our, uh, our project, we think, is a sociological one. Uh, it's one in which we are intending to be able to define more precisely what we mean by populism, uh, how to measure populism uh, in some form, uh, 
should mean that we're moving towards uh, an attempt to be able to perhaps analyze it uh, in more quantitatively uh, and to look at not only the dimensions that constitute populism, but also some of the factors which affect uh, its emergence and uh, the characters that it uh, uh, manifests. So that's the foundation of the project. Uh, and uh, in doing so, we want to integrate what we consider the macro, the meso, and the micro level factors which contribute to uh, the emergence of populism generally. So having said that, I'll turn the uh, floor over to my colleague. Um, yeah, um, as um, Larry said, we are actually, uh, as many, uh, one of the very first um, steps in this project is to look into the literature, of course, and see um, um, in what areas we can find, you know, um, um, divergences and, and convergences. And um, uh, of course, I mean, but probably we can, we can divide these um, areas in one, um, um, the, the way that people try to define populism and talk about the nature of populism. Do we have one populism or there are populisms? Um, and uh, how they can actually incorporate the diversity of the phenomenon. Um, and the other um, aspect or area uh, is where uh, people try to explain it in by drawing on a number of factors. Some of them are very um, highly macro uh, socioeconomic. Some are very social, you know, micro so uh, socio um, uh, social psychological or political psychological or purely psychological, um, and also in between uh, uh, from the meso level. So it's uh, the question is that we um, how we can overcome some of these um, inconsistencies in the literature. Are they necessary in uh, inconsistencies or unnecessary inconsistencies? Um, and we can probably find a number of interesting um, axes of controversies. Um, um, and we try to see if we can find a solution to this. I mean, some people would say, no, there is no way that we can actually have one single theory that would explain populism in every context, every time, which is we, we agree. Uh, but would that mean that we should give up theorizing populism as a phenomenon? Um, and just leave it, leave everybody to the very specific context and the particularities of every specific context, um, a kind of a, a middle range um, um, uh, theorizations or or not. Um, in terms of in terms of, for instance, I would just some simply raise some of the issues we have come across in terms of the nature of of populism and what is uh, populism. Uh, are we in that? Uh, yeah, uh, what is populism? I'm going to just quickly go through some of these. Some people kind of consider it as an ideology, but it's interesting that many do not see it as a very thick ideology. They call it thin ideology because it incorporates a lot of elements from other ideologies. You can hardly attribute any, uh, you know, major philosophical figure to it, you know, like, you know, Hume or Locke, <laughs> you, you can attribute, or Marx, you can attribute to socialism or communism. Uh, that's not the case probably with, uh, with, um, I with the ideological aspect. So some people would just consider it as, as mostly a political phenomenon, you know, a political party politics maybe. Um, uh, some people would just look at it as a movement. Um, again, some people would just consider it as a kind, uh, kind of ideational 
um, entity or, or ideological entity. So is, uh, is that an ideology, a construct, a mode of political practice, some people would say, a discourse, a grassroots um, social movement or constellation of closely related top-down political movement interested in party politics and power grabbing, uh, the, a discursive and a stylistic repertoire, a social attitude, a set of norms and values, a style of thought and political style of political current, political strategy of politicization, of, of the rift between society and politics, a historical moment or process as some would say, nothing but a useless buzzword. Um, so you can see there is a huge um, controversy, huge disagreement, and everybody looks at it as, as, a, as a completely different phenomenon to others. Um, um, pro probably we can find a solution to this, I guess. Um, and um, I would just come back to this, um, you know, some potential solutions, or maybe I just present some. You know, one ways that we can overcome this kind of um, this kind of controversies is to use typology. I mean, many many sciences use that, and uh, to acknowledge that you know deep, you know we can have a typology, and we don't need to consider that every type must be associated with another type. The, every type can be um, can be investigated um, in different contexts. So, for instance, uh, different forms of populism, like bottom-up grassroots uh, versus top-down personalities, I mean leadership personalities, uh, or a mixture of um, these two in, in a kind of uh, political party uh, form. Uh, another way of, um, um, of, of categorizing populism in terms of its forms, um, um, it could be maybe we can talk about social cultural populism, political populism, economic populism, ecological populism, and then to be populist, you don't need to be equally um, endorsing each one of these. You know, you can be very culturally populist, but not politically or vice versa. Um, and this way of actually um, um, classification or categorization, um, um, or, or maybe you can consider this as the dimensions of populism, can help us to give ourselves a little bit of flexibility we need. Um, and we did the, almost the same thing in another paper we published um, with Social um, Indicators Journal, um, um, and that uh, was um, about critical open-mindedness or, or, or close-mindedness. And again, we um, distinguished between social openness or open-mindedness, cultural open-mindedness, um, ecological or environmental open-mindedness and, and political open-mindedness. And, and each one of these dimensions we measured that in, um, in, uh, by, by drawing on the board values survey. Um, because the units were individuals, so we could actually differentiate people between people who were mostly, for instance, uh, politically open-minded versus those who were environmentally open-minded, and so on and so forth. So prob probably we can do the same thing uh, with populism. We don't, we don't need to consider that whoever is economically populist should also be socially or culturally populist. And uh, we can give people, I mean, it would be easier with the quantitative methods, but um, I don't see uh, why we, could, we can't um, apply this method, um, it, this uh, way of um, categorization um, to, uh, to when, we, when we study populism in a qualitative way. Um, we can assess that. Um, so um, yes, um, so populism 
in that sense can be a, considered as a multi-layered phenomenon. And, and, and as I said before, uh, we can consider some level of inconsistency between these levels um, or layers. In terms of the manifestations, again, I mean, because that's a bit different to forms, um, can be considered, you know, we can um, look at the electoral support and behavior, social activism, discourse, ideology, social grievances, attitudinal, attitudinal qualities, normative and value system, psychological ap appeal, cultural practices, party politics, uh, pol uh, and political style. style. And there are also two outlooks to populism. The bottom-up outlook of populism can be achieved through a social psychological lens when looking at the grassroots movements and support and social basis and social political psychology of populist um, electoral behavior. So that would be a bottom-up outlook and we can also have a top-down top outlook that can be attained through soci sociological and political economic studies of populist institutions. Again. Um, we don't need to be um, very rigid in terms of considering that, you know, those who have populists, well, we can attribute a populist personality, should all uh, be Trumpist at the same time, or they should always vote for, for, for uh, right-wing populists. Because, I mean, if you look at the social base, and here that probably can help us to, um, to acknowledge that, um, um, they, that, in, that it, there, there, there is a level of inconsistency between these outlooks. Uh, we can have, uh, I, I would say probably we can, looking at the literature, and uh, we can differentiate between three types. I mean, first thing first, we should differentiate between populism as a movement and populist support because populist support does not necessarily mean that um, the supporters are ideologically um, or politically uh, populist in all aspects uh, and ev in, in every context or every, every, uh, every time. Um, so those who devote, so probably we can differentiate between three types, three um, social bases, those who devote, uh, devotely vote for the, for the support, um, for and support uh, populist parties and movements with which they share almost similar social values and political causes. They, um, they keep voting for these parties, for instance, um, if you just focus on political parties, um, for a pretty long time. But also there are uh, people from the gray area, uh, that those who find the populist movements and parties more capable of understanding their concerns and resolving their problems compared to other parties or movements. And they have become disenfranchised with the existing mainstream political and economic institutions. And since they rightfully feel they are neglected um, or left behind as the result of economic policy reforms adopted by many states uh, to promote corporate globalization, so they go and vote for, uh, for the populists, for instance. Uh, uh, so it, and they normally do that uh, do that when there is an absence of viable progressive um, alternative, like you know what people may call left wing populism. Then people go. I mean, if we we, we remember, you know, Bernie Sanders probably if he could actually have the support of his party, we could uh, we could have Bernie Bernie Sanders maybe instead of Trump. Um, so that could have been determined by these people in the gray area, those people who were disenfranchised but didn't find a viable alternative um, to, to Trump versus Clinton. Um, so I'm, I'm just probably here, I'm just mostly focusing on the politics um, uh, 
against my advice that that's not the only way populism appears. So the third um, group consists of those who vote for populist parties for personal, tactical, emotional reasons, unrelated to their political beliefs or values, or even maybe unrelated to their senses of resentment. Some people may vote for populist candidates not because they had read or agreed with their policies, but rather because they found populist leaders might be charismatic. So right-wing leaders like Trump, who uh, appear to be more charismatic maybe in some sense, may, may, may be voted for for the perceived character as a you know, successful businessman can run the you know, economy much more successful than those you know, uh, corrupt elite. Um, and so on and so forth. So as you can see, the, the social base for populism uh, is very diverse and to brand everybody who votes for them uh, for these political parties as a populist or, or having a authoritarian personality, fixed authoritarian personality may not be very um, accurate and it may raise more questions than answering questions. Uh, okay, moving a little bit forward into the realm of explanation and theorization. Again, we see, um, as my colleague Larry said, uh, at least um, uh, three um, 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 layers or the <coughs> levels. So the macro levels, you can see, um, the, these are the main points that we found or the main um, tendencies we found in the literature, raised by the literature, especially those who um, uh, those who focus on the macro sociological aspect um, or factors. So the economic crisis of capitalism under neoliberalism. So under neoliberalism, we know that the, the responsibility for being successful or 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 or, a f um, or or being a failure is very much individualized, atomized, and that maybe uh, um, uh, create a sense of um, of shame in people. Uh, can be addressed from a micro-sociological point of view. Um, the crisis of neoliberal democracy, the crisis of post-Gulf War um, imperialism, or you would say the demise of the American, uh, or the, 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 post, uh, the Cold War uh, world order, which was led by America, especially after the collapse of communism, the crisis of multiculturalism, Eurocentric cosmopolitanism, especially in the case of Europe, the less visible authoritarian and contradictory nature of neoliberal globalism, the spatial regional geographical imbalances of capitalist development, especially within the country's regional versus urban and metropolitan. Um, and also, of course, globalization comes up a lot in the literature that deals with the macro-sociological, um, and more recently, neoliberalism and, and also capitalism. At the meso level, we, de we are dealing with, um, um, our de the literature mostly deals with the issues of institutions, but not just institutions, but also social movements, um, social movement organizations, and um, grassroots and groups, and uh, so it's more kind of um, social psychology of, of, of group activism, maybe, plus institutions. So the crisis of center politics, that the center can't hold it anymore, um, and, um, and the Disillusionment and disenchantment with the with the center, both center right and center left. Um, in terms of um, attributing populism to um, to left, it's uh, we found it a little bit problematic when we look at the t literature, because um, and if you actually try to find some some of the most commonly attributed features to populism. Um, uh, these are, you know, their 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 attitudes, you know, against um, pluralism is comes up, you know, very, you know, high, 
um, uh, very commonly mentioned, uh, but also their um, um, and being anti-establishment and anti-elite. And that actually makes it, uh, for some people, possible to attribute populism to left-wing parties, which we found a little bit problematic because many of these left-wing parties do not, uh, they may share the, the anti-establishment aspect of populism, but they may not really share the ethnocentric um, aspect of it or, 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 or the hatred towards intellectualism or their hatred towards uh, pluralism. Um, and uh, surely because um, populism is a thin ideology, it can actually incorporate some of uh, you know, values that we normally um, attribute to left-wing parties, like for instance in the case of um, um, a National Front in France, uh, that they had actually a movement from uh, towards more kind of a um, welfare chauvinism, and they may, you, that might be considered as a as a kind of a left turn in their policies. Uh, but that, that can can happen also. Some maybe left wing parties may adopt some some um, populist uh, values like nationalism, but that doesn't mean necessarily that we can actually some many of those you know um, um, so called left wing populist parties or or movements. Um, they they're not really um, uh, they they're very problematic the attribution of populism to them, um, and, and we understand why why some people tend to do this because um, populism as I said before is is a thin um, a thin ideology rather than a very well articulated doctrine. Um, so I, okay so getting back to the uh, factors and then you've got the micro level and you have um, another body of the literature that uh, speak about, you know, that they, they discuss, you know, the macro, uh, populism in terms of macro-level or social psychological or very psychological um, issues or factors. But what we found is that, uh, very interesting, is that, you know, there is very limited um, conversation between these uh, three, three levels um, of explanation. And uh, we're trying to explore um, uh, the ways that we can probably um, uh, develop some kind of an, an integrative approach, not just a single theory, but an integrative approach that would make it possible for these um, three, at least, I would say, at least three levels of, of explanation to talk to one another. Um, um, yep, I think I'm, I'm done. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thank you. Yep, okay. Uh, would you like to just. Thank you. Oh, sorry. What about, you what about you the? Uh, you want to talk about yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. Um, would you the questions? Uh, I thought we were going. I was going to say something about the people who are not here. Oh, okay. Okay. So okay. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can go. Okay. Yes, can, you, uh, can you operate the? Uh, okay. Yeah. Before we get the questions, just to give you some idea about the other papers. Um, other the, yeah. the absentees, because the they're absentees. really. Uh, it was not due to their choice that they're not here, uh, as I'll explain in a moment. But, um, and so we, we, um, I've been in contact with, the, with both of them.